0: you're tuned into Toby Talks, episode 33, bringing conversation of diversity to nursing with Nurse Georgie. You know the two hot words everyone is talking about, right? Diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion. What? Diversity and inclusion. Uh, Diversity and inclusion. Get the beats. I'm clearly in my own little world, y'all, but... Let's be honest, that is the hottest topic going on right now, diversity and inclusion. But what does that really look like, especially for us in the healthcare field and especially for us as nurses? I mean, we can talk about it all day long, but what actions are we truly putting in place to make sure we are diversifying our environment and including everyone? Well, my guest today, this Latino on the fire sangria, Nurse Georgie is here to talk about all of that and not only talk about what diversity and inclusion looks like, but how she even started an organization in the nursing program to address these same concerns. So before we even hop into this conversation, let that be a thought in your mind. How can you bring diversity and inclusion where you are, whether it's in the nursing community, whether it's in nursing school, or whether just in your your backyard. How can you bring that conversation of including everyone and hearing different aspects of where people are coming from in life? But I'm already talking too much. So let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. Girl, now let's go ahead and hop into this conversation because it's been a long time coming. Girl, we've been trying to talk for a minute. (laughs) Definitely nurse life. Definitely. I know, right? But this is the reality of it. So I want you to tell me, how did you get into nursing? Like what made you choose this career path?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, honestly, nursing happened for me probably at the age of seventeen. Um, I'm a first generation college student and nurse in my family. Um, so I, I really grew up with you know middle class parents. They worked very very hard, uh, owned their own businesses, and all they told me because they didn't get to gra- you know graduate high school or go to college is you need to go to school and go to college. So um, it wasn't until probably my junior to senior year, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's time to start thinking about college. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I I really love people. I really love fitness and medicine. Um, But my great grandma got sick with leukemia. So um, it was actually the first time I had ever stepped into a hospital, but I took care of my grandma and... Um, I worked on a, well, she was on an oncology unit and then died in hospice at mm-hmm. a hospital that I actually currently work at right now. So full circle. Oh, wow.
0: full but circle. Um,
1: yeah, it was it was when I was 17 years old uh, that I was introduced to nurses. And I just remember there was a 25-year-old Latin nurse. She was taking care of my grandma for like a week straight. And the way that she was caring for her, the way that she interacted with my family, I was, you know, 17 and she was a role model for me without even knowing it. I was like, I want to do what she does.
0: First of all, kudos to you, girlfriend, for working exactly in the same area where you actually got to experience nursing, because it usually doesn't work like that for a lot of us. We'd be like trying to struggle to get into somewhere, you know, to get a job. So that's really good. But I like how you just said that because you saw another Latino nurse, it made you feel like, wow, that's, I can see myself as a nurse. So did that really play a role as well? Like seeing someone who looked like you playing that role of a career that you might possibly go into?
1: Yeah, it definitely played a role. You, you find people that inspire you and you see themselves in you and it that's inspiration at the end of the day. And there was really nobody in my family that I could, interview or talk to or say like, give me, (laughs) tell me everything I need to know to Mm -hmm. um, get into nursing school or to do what you do. So for me, that was kind of like the stepping stone of, okay, so she can do it. I can do it. And from there, I was kind of naive because, um, it was just like when I have my mindset on something, I'm gonna do it, and that's it. And I had no idea like what was in store for me for actually getting into nursing school and mm. affording nursing school, and um, yeah. So that's where kind of the story began.
0: So when when did you get into nursing school? Like, was it a challenge to get in? Because, or better yet, was it a challenge to get out? Because you know how that is. Like once you get in, it's like woo, and now it's like oh my god, how am I gonna graduate? <laughs> right, Jesus right. help me take the wheel. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually applied to two schools. I applied to uh, San Francisco state and San Bernardino state mm-hmm. just so I can be, um, San Bernardino state was if I was going to stay closer to home. Cause I'm in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Francisco was like my dream. I, I was close enough to be able to come home, but also move out of the house at seven, like at 17. Cause I also graduated at 17. Mm-hmm. I, but, did um, did. At mm-hmm. <laughs> I did did. too. You Yeah. So, um, I went to, I I applied to school as like pre-nursing, and then once I got to San Francisco, I picked up health education, and I realized that I actually love community-based public health, and I love teaching, and I wanted to apply to the nursing program, but I think it was in my sophomore year, it was so impacted, I could not finish my prereqs for nursing, Anatomy. I tried to get three semesters in a row, and um, I remember my third semester that I couldn't get anatomy. I literally went into like my counselor's office, and I was like, "This is the only class that I need to apply for nursing school. I need this class." And they're like, "We're well, sorry, it's impacted. You should just pick a different major. Like this, this probably what? isn't going to work for you. Um, nursing is very impacted. It's very um, competitive. You don't have, you know, the competitive grades and all of these things, right?" So after that i was like oh heck no like (laughs) not today
0: (laughs) get behind
1: me um, Mm -mm. funny story i um i literally i was that person that went to my net to two anatomy teachers offices and i begged them and i was like i need this class i need to go to nursing school like this is my dream please i need this class i walked in the class like two two three classes in a row and one, one um, anatomy teacher, she ended up giving me the class.
0: Look at, see, look yeah, at God. Look at up, persistency. I,
1: I did not give up. I um, Come on. Yeah, I, I got my anatomy class. I passed my anatomy class. And what happened was um, I was very passionate about studying abroad. That was something that, that my family didn't get to experience, you know, traveling. We never really traveled much as a family. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I have, so my, my stepdad, he's actually Colombian. So he he I, um, he's an immigrant parent, and so he would tell me all the time about like traveling and how how um, much he loved it, and so I really wanted to travel too. So I actually stayed and did a bachelor's in health education and community-based public health, so I can study abroad in Spain. Wow. For sure. And then what I did was I did some investigation and I found out that there was an entry level master's program that I could apply to after I did my bachelor's. So I actually changed my plan and I go, you know what, I'm going to study abroad. I'm going to uh, get a double bachelor's in at San Francisco State. It'll make me a more competitive candidate. And then I'll apply for my entry level master's in nursing program. So I'll still be a nurse, but Now I'm gonna be able to do all the things that I want to do. I'm gonna study abroad. I'm gonna finish my health education uh, bachelor's because I kind of started it not knowing if if I was gonna leave it for nursing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then San Francisco's so amazing. I was involved in so many community um, and public health, you know, volunteer and outreach efforts over there that I didn't want to leave them. And San Francisco, it's like this melting pot. It's so diverse. I met so many Mm -hmm. people there and they're like, no, this is going to help you like be a better nurse. You should, you know, um, finish this program out and then you can always do community nursing and, and you know, nursing, there's so many things that you can do in nursing. So So for a while I thought I was going to be a community and public health nurse.
0: Wow. Just the fact that you just kind of discovered your whole like what you wanted to do in your passion in pursuit of the nursing degree. You didn't even have it yet. And you've kind of already panned out like, okay, this is what I really like. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to go into. I mean, that's remarkable. So once you finally got your foot grounded on this is my path, How was the nursing program for you when you got in? Like, was it, I mean, obviously we hear all the time how competitive and challenging it is to get in, but did you still kind of feel that same kind of competitiveness in the program or what were some of your challenges in the program?
1: Yeah, definitely. So it turns out that San Francisco State had a nursing program. And um, so I applied, that was the first nursing program that I applied to and I I was not accepted. (laughs) I was heartbroken. Uh, but then I started looking at other programs in um, USF, so the University of San Francisco, and also Rush University in Chicago, Illinois. Uh-huh. Uh, they had the entry-level master's program that I was looking at. So I applied um, to those, those other two places, and I got into both, right? Oh, yay! Look at so that. I was like, hmm. okay, I can go to San Francisco, but then get left with, you know, another 100K in debt, Ooh. or I can go to Chicago. It's a nationally ranked nursing program. It's actually number one for clinical nurse leader. And at the time it was ranked number 11 for all nursing programs Mm -hmm. in the nation. And they, they actually wanted to give me a scholarship. Um, I had no family in Chicago. I knew nobody in Chicago, but I ended up going to Chicago and it was a total reality check because not only did I have to deal with, you know, the the cold. competitiveness and, yeah, the, and cold. the first year of nursing school but then just add like loneliness the yeah. freezing cold weather i'm from california so like what a reality check for me mm-hmm. um the first year of nursing school was was really really difficult for me um not only because of the weather but you know i i felt depressed a lot of the time um i didn't have a good con- like community there the first year there was only three of us from like the west coast area and in my program there's probably 40 people in my program and there was only um like two of us that were latino and Mm. it was a shocker for me because the community in chicago is very latino and black and so it like didn't make sense that the population like with my nursing program didn't meet that of the community so i was kind Mm. of shocked but um it was hard And, and also there was no Latino professors in my whole nursing program, not
0: one. Girl, same here. I so didn't have no- one nurse <laughs> d- professor that looked like me that <laughs> underst And that's, and people think that that's just like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Psh, the hell it does. Mm-hmm. Because when you're trying to talk about your situation or you're going them, because I think people fail to realize that just because you're in nursing school does not mean life stops. You know, you're going through different kind of challenges, even relocating mm-hmm. from one state to another. That's a... That's a big move, you know, and not having someone that you can go and talk to um, or even your professors that kind of understand your situation and kind of have that heart towards you or just understanding your background, period. It's it's very difficult. Very, very difficult.
1: Definitely. Um, I I really tried to integrate myself and, you know, I went to the fairs the first few months of school. I tried <laughs> to find my little niche, my, what, what organization am I going to join? Cause at San Francisco state, like I was a, um, a resident assistant. I had mm-hmm. the whole international community floor. Everybody knew me. I was the president of the cross-cultural club and, you know, at, in, at rush, I wanted to make my, my name known. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to join a, a club and, you know be president of something and I remember going to the fair and not having any club that I wanted to join that I could fit in in Mm. um I was a Latino medical student you know and that was the only Latino org at the time and um I just didn't fit in with any organizations and so the second year I actually created my own (laughs)
0: I was waiting for that because I was just about to say, girl, I did the same thing at my university. I did not see what was reflective of me. And I re- like, that is amazing. And let me tell you something about just the fact that you're talking about being involved in an organization while you're in nursing school or while you're even um, before you're even pursuing the nursing degree. It's almost like college is your own community, you know? And if you're not invested in your own community, that also spills out into the local community around the university then how are you going to do that as a nurse in the real world? Like, how are you going to know the kind of issues that your population or your community is going through? How can you advocate for them in the healthcare sector if you weren't even integrated in anything while you were in school? And yes, I'm not going to lie, it was challenging, but that's a part of our job. You know, it doesn't just start once you graduate. You're a nurse. Oh, great. I know everything about my community. I'm involved. But Mm -hmm. it truly is something that, um, shapes you while you're in school and while you're in nursing school so I'm really really proud that you're talking so confidently and about like how you got yourself grounded even when you didn't see something you created something and and tell me about the organization girl I want to know more
1: (laughs) yeah so um basically what happened was I found another Latina nurse and she was graduating two semesters ahead of me Um, She was actually in her second year getting ready to graduate and I was just finishing my first year and I looked up to her and I I had invited her to lunch one day and we got to talking and we just started exchanging ideas and that's how Mm. the best, the best things get created, but we were exchanging ideas and she also felt the same way. And so we go, if we're feeling like this, I wonder how many other Latinos or even other people that don't find their community here if they would like some type of organization that was related to like diversity and inclusion you know and Mm -hmm. we didn't have anything like very general like that um at our university and so we go let's just have a little um a little huddle we'll send out an email um we we spoke to the um nursing you know director I got the approval. She was in on like the student board already, so she already had her in. And I sent out to email to our whole nursing program. Um this is first year and second year. And I kid you not, like 10 10 people showed up to our little huddle, you know, on the rooftop of our of our university and we talked for hours and it was so beautiful. I took a picture of us at the Um. end of it because there was um Indian, black, uh, gay, there was white, there was every time, it was literally a little melting pot of people who were like, not misfits, but like they wanted a voice and they were so excited that we had sent out this email because they wanted to talk about the things that were hard to talk about. They wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about racial bias, social injustice. They're like, where where are these conversations, especially in medicine, because they're so there's lack of research on it because it's so hard to actually, you know, measure. And for us, we were, we loved it. We just started talking about our experiences and our culture and how important it is for medicine and, and just, just all the things that we're talking about. You want to see your face. You want to see somebody like you, or you Mm want to be that example for the other people that feel like there's no representation or that they can do it too, like you're doing it and they can do it too.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Georgie, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's the kind of conversation that I, um, I've been finding myself having a lot lately uh, that whole inclusion and diversity in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just start when you get into the healthcare field. It truly starts when you're in college, when you're in school, when you're in the program and from various people that I've interviewed and even just my experience in nursing school, that was something that was challenging for me, especially people of um, color and from different backgrounds and nationalities. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have people coming in from all around the world to a nursing program for the first time, you know, and I just thought it was kind of interesting how, you know, we're so competitive to get in and then when we're in, it's already competitive as well. And there's nothing that's like bringing us together in a way where you're like, okay, this is not about nursing. Let's just get to know each other because it can be a very depressing, sad situation when you're in a program by yourself, you don't see anything that's reflective of you or your your culture or your background. You don't have anyone to talk to and you're dealing with nursing school and studying. And a lot of women of color that I even interviewed had said that like that was their struggle in nursing school. They were depressed. They didn't have people that they can just hang out with, talk about, feel included, especially when it's a small nursing program and you can literally count how many men, women are in that program that are not even just um, Black, but just diverse, period. And you can count them on your hand, you know, and it, it becomes, it it's like that conversation that no one wants to have. And I'm really proud of you that you even started an organization like that. And I think it's really good that we have this kind of conversation so that, you know, other nursing students that find themselves in the kind of shoes that you're in or the shoes that I was in, you know, they can form an organization or a networking or a group in their nursing program where they can just have conversations like this. Because it yeah. really is more than just your degree, you know, it's your life, it's your community, it's it's the world, you know?
1: Yeah, and there's there's just so many great conversations to have within the nursing community because like i trip it on this even my roommates they ended up being my roommates and you know um they had roles in our organization but one of them he he was indian and gay hadn't came out to his parents yet and they were just like why are you a nurse you should be a doctor you know that and my girl, other, yes yeah, my other friend um she was uh, arabic and sorry syrian and she Her parents also wanted her to be a doctor, Mm -hmm. but she was having a hard time because her parents were giving her the most trouble about leaving the house. She needs to be, you know, with the family. She needs to do every, why didn't she go to UCLA? But Rush is also a nationally ranked nursing program. So people were just, what I found was that people were just trying to find their family because something happened back home or they had been through something and they were just trying to like survive. For me, I... I was trying to survive. I mm-hmm. had no idea what I was doing in nursing school. Like, I just knew that I got there and I was going to finish. I don't know how, but I was going to make do and I wanted to do it happy and I know that my happy place is around people who are positive and mm-hmm. people that are passionate and people that are that have a voice and and have a bigger cause. And I learned that at San Francisco when I did community health and the impact and the influence that having a positive community in anything, in any work environment, in any school, in any, you know, um, in whatever you do. You want people to feel loved, appreciated, and those are the people that are going to work harder in their job and have more success.
0: Exactly, 100 percent. I agree, because that was, that's what got me through nursing school funny enough, I don't even know how I did it. I don't know how I was a part of so many organizations. I ran organizations. I was uh-huh. working and tutoring and I was doing like 500 different different jobs and positions. But that, especially for us, like people who are active, clearly me and you are very active.
1: Yeah, Like that's what keeps so. us
0: going. You know, that's our coffee. That's our fuel. That's our, you know, when people are excited, like I, there's no way I would have literally graduated from nursing school if I didn't have a solid group of friends. And if I didn't have ways to giving back and feeling like I was you know impacting my um, my campus and my community it was a big deal for me and I think that's what helped me through nursing school and it's funny because we can tie those two in together because that's how I feel about nursing in my career if you're not involved in something if you're not like truly pursuing something that brings you happiness or networking or your community it can be really hard working as a nurse and you can get burnt out so much more easier if you don't have another outlet. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely.
0: So how was that transition for you when you graduated to now becoming a nurse? Because you've been a nurse for like over a year plus now. So how was that experience that first year for you in that transition?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Uh, I had made the decision to move back home uh, from Chicago. You know, I I went over there for for just school and I actually wanted to stay there for another year and work, but my parents had separated. And so I wanted to kind of come home and um, take my NCLEX here and really start my, start working like in California to be closer to my family. And what happened was I applied to actually the same hospital that my great-grandma had passed away at and that mm-hmm. I had interned at during undergrad. And so it was a med surge oncology unit um, at a community hospital. And I, like I said, I did my bachelor's in community health. So I really wanted to like, be in the community, in the trenches. Um, I got a job at um, an L.A. County hospital that I'm still at. It's a very, very hard unit. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, girl, there's some shifts where I cry in my car after work uh-huh. because it's just such a hard day. But the environment that I work in is very healthy. The people that I work with, I love to work with. And that's really what keeps me there. So, And I had I done something on social media one time where I did a poll and I go, what's your favorite part about being a nurse? Like, what's your favorite part about being a nurse? Over fifty percent of the people had said my coworkers, my coworkers, I work with, yeah, coworkers. You know, so it it just it just shows like how important it is to have a healthy working environment and and how important that is to you know keeping your job because um, there's such a high turnover rate with nurses Huge. In, in first Huge. year.
0: Like, I think last time I looked at statistics, it was like over 60% within the first year. It's terrible. And that's like new graduates, you know? And they're leaving not only just the bedside, they're leaving the profession. And to me, I thought that was like, and look, if you asked me after my second year of nursing, I was was in that 60%. I was literally about (laughs) to hang up. I was like, no, you know what? This is a wrap. And the reason being, to be completely honest and transparent with you, I felt like I didn't really know about side hustles at that time in a way, you know, I thought that this is my career, you know, you graduate, I'm a doctor, you're a doctor or graduate, you're a dentist, you're a dentist, you know, you're a nurse, you're a nurse. And I thought, And all I knew was nursing bedside and then of course public health, but we didn't really do a lot of that in nursing schools, like one semester and that was it, which I enjoyed, but I felt like there was so much more that wasn't shown. So Mm -hmm. I always thought nursing was just bam, bedside, 12 hours, all this, but I had all these other creative talents about me that I wanted to do. You know, I love networking. I love people. I love events. I love writing plays. I just had so many things, but I just felt like, could I do all that and still be a nurse? And then being a nurse, it just felt like, wow, 14 hours and I've been on my feet and I'm tired and we're always short staffed and there's some mm-hmm. bullying going on. And, 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 you know, I always felt like, is this all nursing had to offer? And I, I'm so grateful. I didn't hang up the coat. I'm, ha- I'm grateful that I actually got to experience nursing administratively experience nursing in organizations and realize that no, there's truly a vast, experience in nursing, but it's just not being captured, shared, or talked about, you know? And I think we go into it thinking like, man, I'm a nurse now, you know, awesome work hours, but then we don't know all the other stuff that comes along with it. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know where our future stands in it, you know? Like, you could be a tech guru and you want to be a nurse, but you think that you only have to work the bedside, which isn't true. You can freaking work for Facebook if you wanted to as a Definitely.
1: I'm so happy that I discovered that my first year as a nurse because I... I feel like I was really naive, like through the whole process. Um, Girl, we were
0: all naive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, no, this is this is me though. This is me because I'm the first nurse in my family. So I go, okay, I'm gonna get a job in California. California is the highest paid nurses. I'm gonna get a house my first year. I'm gonna pay off all my student debt because I'm gonna pay mm,
0: mm.
1: my first year. um, you know, I'm gonna get an apartment. I'm gonna get a new car. I'm gonna help my parents retire. I'm gonna pay for their bills, and then I get my first check, and I see all the taxes, the California taxes that come out of it.
0: Oh I lord! By the
1: third month, I was living paycheck to paycheck, and I was like, "Oh." Mm-mm.
0: And let me be honest with you, I'm from Texas, so <laughs> living out here in California these last uh, year or two, mm-hmm. y'all, y'all taxes is disrespectful, <laughs> like. <laughs> I said, well, what do you want me to eat with? State of California? Like, what is this? I know. It was that's so a, funny. That's a shock, was, but that's the reality. That was mm-hmm. the reality. So how did you adjust to that? Like, did yes. that change your your plan and your thoughts of what your goals were and what you wanted to do now, the reality of what you can do with your check? Yeah.
1: So luckily for me, you know, I'm go, 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 and I like to do a little bit of everything. So For me, I was like, okay, I work three days a week. I have four days off. What am I going to do? So um, I started my Nurse Georgie account. That was kind of going to be my platform to share my story throughout my first year as a nurse. I, I hadn't had one during nursing school, so I I wanted to definitely share my story as a first year nurse. I wanted to be a voice for the Latino community because Mm -hmm. we're still, you know, between four and seven percent of all Mm -hmm. nurses are Latino, even less percent for masters educated. So I'm like at that four point five percent. And for me, that was important. That gives me a niche. And also I want to be there for somebody who is looking for a Latina nurse that, you know, didn't have a lot of money going into nursing school, survived nursing school. Yes, I failed my NCLEX. Yes, I failed the last class before I needed to graduate. I was not able to graduate with my, with my uh, cohort. That was devastating for me. Girl,
0: but, join the club. Yeah, so did you know, I. At the mm. end of
1: it, I was awarded um, for, with a like great honor. It was a diversity and inclusion award. Um, when I graduated and, you know, it was important for me that Rudy, my my uh, diversity and inclusion organization. It's actually one of the biggest organizations on campus right now. Whoa! It, look at you. Yeah, it includes students, staff, and faculty.
0: That's a legacy, girl. Yeah.
1: So I was I knew I was going to do something else besides nursing. So what I did was I because I love fitness and health, I created a community and this was going to be a community for healthcare professionals. It started off as nurses only, but then I brought in it to be inclusive, Mm -hmm. but, um, to, it was basically for healthcare professionals, um, to have a, a working out community. And in order to do this, I wanted to create like apparel. So I started making nurse life caps. They were a hit. Um, part of my campaign with my first campaign that I ever started on social media was called the nurse life cap campaign. Mm -hmm. And basically what I wanted people to do was, um, write a post when they, after they had purchased a nurse life cap about, um, why diversity was important to them and like their Mm -hmm. nurse life. And so, you know, this whole cap campaign started opening up a bunch of stories and it was amazing. And so after that was so successful, I sold three hundred caps in like two months. That's I was like, so awesome! Wow, this is a business. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what else can I do with this side hustle? I, yeah, I started making shirts like the cool nurses here, squat scrub sangria, and like before you knew it, I was like had my own little production going in my garage. It was great, and um, I got like a DBA doing business as. Uh, new goals apparel I named it because I'm all about making new goals and setting new goals for yourself um, in fitness and in medicine and in confidence so like the kind of theme was fitness medicine and confidence for new goals apparel Um, so yeah that's been going on for like less than a year and then um, after that uh, I so that was my first side hustle and then my second side hustle happened like Kind of like this conversation, Mm -hmm. I was pretty shocked at um, being like overworked, underpaid. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of scared because I'm going to be honest, I graduated with 130K in debt. And I go, how am I ever going to pay off this debt? um, Living paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to have two full-time nursing jobs like a lot of nurses on my unit. Like, that's not the life that I want. I want financial freedom, but I also want freedom of time.
0: Yeah. Things
1: that I love and that I'm passionate about. But we also have to make money and pay off our loans mm-hmm. and we have to live. So, um, I actually was approached by one of my old time, ta- like, longtime friends from high school who was actually teaching nurses how to save and invest money. And there was an opportunity for me to work with him as a referral and um, send, send him clients, and mm-hmm. then I, I ended up picking it up, and now I'm teaching, I'm like a financial coach, teaching nurses financial education, how to girl, save come money, on. and I'm loving it. I it, This whole um, model is like uh, kind of like real estate with an agent and a broker, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, girl, I got a five-year plan with this business. I love it. I'm matching my nursing income with this business, and it's the perfect mix for me to be able to keep my nursing job um probably go part-time and then be able to do this have a community be a leader um be a voice have a platform so and then I still have my ng apparel um going on too so I'm doing a little bit of everything right now
0: girl you are a sangria like you got all the different flavors in that drink honey yes I
1: like it all
0: (laughs) but that's that what I love about you sharing that is that's really the reality of us millennials, you know, oh, yeah. we are, we want to experience all of life. We don't just want to be in one on one straight path. We want to like, oh, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to see what this is like, because honestly, I think I get annoyed when people are like, oh, you're just a nurse. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not just a nurse. You know, you are a nurse. You're a leader. You are an entrepreneur. You're a side hustle chick. You are a sangria. You know what I mean? We can be both. You can be both. (laughs) You can be both, which I love that campaign, you know, and it's true. You can be both. It's not just one, one straight shot. So, you know, I think what is so inspiring about your story is just hearing your background, where you started, how you got from, you know, your parents immigrating to this country, and then you being the first one going to school, and pretty much leaving a legacy on your campus. To now, you know, being so involved in so many different things, how has that um, opened your eyes on the on the look of nursing? Has it changed what you first initially thought nursing was? Like, oh, nursing is just a career field more. It seems like nursing is your lifestyle, which it should be for all of us, but it sounds more like nursing is your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love nurses. Honestly, if 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 nursing was the stepping stone to whatever, I will always be a nurse in my heart. I am a nurse, but we are such a breed, like and there's so many different kinds of nurses, mm-hmm. and I just love it. I love it. I love it. I think they are the perfect breed for entrepreneurship too. We work three days a week we understand how to like work I was just talking to um one of my partners in my my finance business um because he's a nurse he's an ICU nurse from UCLA today but but we were talking about trust and building trust and how important Mm. that is and like you know new clients and stuff and and he says nurses are perfect we have a minute to gain trust with our patients the minute we go in their room like that's our job you know and then to, to have that trust with them throughout that whole day or, you know, however long they're at the hospital. And I just, we we just got in such a good conversation about, about nurses and, and how amazing we are and what we do really, <laughs> we work, we work so much and we, we love our job, but it makes me sad when you, you know, like short staffing and when we have yeah. to be stressed out yeah. at our job or there's nurse bullying, when it, it does not need to be like that if we can create like a very healthy community we could get rid of all of this high turnover rate and just all of that nonsense because nursing is a really wonderful job but we also need to be taken care of because we go through a lot like mentally physically um, emotionally it's st- Emotionally, it's a strenuous job and my dad uh, we have conversations at dinner sometimes and he's just like Mihá, are you okay? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like I pray about you. I, I'm worried about you. Like the things that, that you kind of go through throughout the day. And sometimes we have this like desensitization where we have to come home and it's like, it never happened. And then
0: girl, yes. clock in, clock
1: out mentality, but yeah. I don't want that. I want to be excited to go into uh, to work every day, um, ready to change somebody's life. And it makes me feel so sad when I don't want to be at work because my head's hurting me from being stressed out I don't have any help everyone and I don't have help not because people don't want to help me but everyone is as like their load is as heavy as mine everyone's crashing and burning you know Uh, you have patients yelling at you because they're upset and you can't do anything about it like you're just trying your hardest and you know like at the end of the day, it's like you you love your job, you don't want to quit, but you still have to. You need your sanity, and you still have to pay your bills. You know. Hello.
0: <laughs> and you know it's it's girl. As you're talking, I'm like flashing back to my bedside days, and that's truly how I felt. But I also felt like I. I've, as much as we were doing at the bedside, and as much as I loved doing—I mean, I loved kids. So I was in pediatrics. I did mother, baby. I did you. I just loved being around moms and babies and kids. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved it, as much as you—you you truly give out your heart and soul when you're at work. And sometimes it is clockwork. You know, when you got eight patients, you really don't even get that—that that moment to even build trust. You're like, okay, what you need? You pain-free? You good-free? Okay, gotta go. Bye. You know, it's almost like a—you're going and going and going. But even through all that, feeling drained and feeling how I felt during my um, first two years, I actually still felt inadequate. I felt like I could be doing so much more. You know, I feel like I wasn't full. I'm just working. I wasn't full. And what I found fullness in was actually finding out that as a nurse, I could actually be in administration and help my other colleagues by being that nurse at the table, by being in committees and speaking up, mm-hmm. um, by being involved in the hospital. And that's what kind of made that life of nursing come back to me. So what, I mean, as much as I miss patient care... I knew that I can do so much more in the position I was in. And I think that's also something that as nurses, we're not really, we don't really talk about that. Like, do you feel fooled? Are you, do you feel like you're truly getting what you can get out of this profession? Because I don't want people just to think it's a job. This nursing is your life. I'm not going to lie. Somebody got in a car accident. We are, if we're driving by, we got to pull over and save your life. Like it's our life. Mm -hmm. It's who we are. So to know that you're going to work and you're not feeling full, but you're feeling drained and stressed and overwhelmed, I feel like that's where we need more of this unity, this networking that you talk about. And of course, there's so many now. Before, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like what, five years ago, I never knew about all these, like, you know, Nurse Mo and all these different events that go on. I didn't know about that. No one was doing that. Everyone just yeah. thought nursing, go to work. No one thought that we needed, you know, a moment. We need to have a circle, a click, uh, a group, a survival skill. You know, we had other things that we wanted to, something that we can pour back into us. Is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Definitely, and um, I'm seeing that a lot more. And I wish that nursing schools started implementing that more. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely, yeah. The the real day to day. This is what you will go through or you may go through and let's figure out how we're going to handle these really hard, bad, emotionally draining days.
0: Yes. And not just at the bedside. I find it funny because it's really hard for me to even have some of this conversation for some of us who aren't at the bedside, for some of us who are in administration, Mm -hmm. some of us who are in quality and process improvement and compliance and all these the people that make in the hospital and health plans run pretty much who are nurses, yeah. but when you're a millennial and you're diverse in a, in a, in a profession that was predominantly white and older, mm-hmm. it's harder to have your voice heard um, and you get challenged a lot you know? And I feel like that's also a discussion that isn't heard. You, you, you go from that side to administration because you want to do more or you just want to change your schedule. I don't know. Everybody goes for a different reason. <laughs> but for me, it was to make change. But then I realized that The grass is not always greener on the other side. You know, people always think like, oh, she, you know, she got an office or she, you know, when you, especially when I was a nurse, I used to think anybody who was in administration, y'all living y'all best life while we're out here struggling on the floor and nobody (laughs) want to give us extra help. (laughs) Um, And then you get there and you're part of the conversation. You're like, oh dear God, what? (laughs) Can I just go back to my three days a week?
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I've definitely sat at the table a handful of times and, and it's hard. It's hard when you're the only one there who wants to talk about like diversity or mm-hmm. something and people do not want to change the way that it and then their answer is it's always been this way
0: oh that's the most annoying. <laughs> ooh, I swear. Ooh. girl you should see my lips like a black mama's <laughs> lips like ooh, come on
1: <laughs> oh yeah and that's why it's so important to have different heads at the table
0: it's so important mm-hmm. so of course, you know we've been talking about all the highlights, and it's amazing, yes, but I really want you to share the challenges because an outsider looking in would probably think, especially if I'm in nursing school or if I failed, um, if I'm on your page, I'd be like, oh wow, she must be popular. she got 20 million people following her, she got all these <laughs> she's doing all these side hustles, she's loving her best life, but it didn't start that way. you know yeah. what I mean, what were some of your challenges? Um, getting to where you are and just even starting the diversity group in nursing school or just starting your own branding, because this is you're pretty much branding the lifestyle of a nurse, and you're portraying it in such a beautiful way, which we need more of that. But what were the challenges behind the scenes that people don't know? You don't. you didn't start with just 20k or 20 million followers, you, you built yourself. Mm-hmm. And you built your brand, you built these um, apparels that you're putting out, you built these organizations that are leaving legacies. But what were some of your challenges? And how did you even get started in these in this pathway?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say it's over. <laughs> There's so many challenges. I don't. I don't even know where to start. But I mean, I have a just hard a few. Time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we I know have, it's a lot.
1: <laughs> I want to like go way, way back to just my parents. My parents really instilling me that I really instilling in me that I can do whatever I want to do. I heard no a lot of time. Like a lot of times growing up with my dad, my stepdad was very strict. But I always, find, I always found a way. Like, I always found a way. If he said no, but what about this way? But what about this way? I've always mm. been, like, very curious and always trying to, if I don't kind of get what I want, but lo- what about this perspective? Like, the art of persuasion almost, you know? And so that was me. I was relentless. Like, when I first, when I uh, couldn't get into anatomy, I was there showing up at the door. Like, Hello? I just, it had to happen. When I uh, was in nursing school, and you know what? 79% is a fail. I was sweating bullets like every test that I took. I had a lot of stress anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, testing anxiety. I'm not a good test taker. Um, I'm dyslexic. so apology. Oh my goodness. I would cry because I couldn't even say the names of some of these drugs. Girl, me I would get mixed up and, and it would be very difficult because my, my roommate, um, genius, like photographic memory, and I was like, I can't study with you like this, oh, is, no. just, this is too oh, difficult oh, no. and so many times I got 81% or 80% you know and, and I have so many people that message me on Instagram like I'm not passing this class how did how did you study the best like what is the best way to study and and I tell them all the time like what helped me the most is when I was stressed out and I let everything get to me it all started piling but mm, when I was mm have to go back to the basics getting good sleep like um taking your little breaks eating healthy exercising and like starting over and and really having that self awareness like how do you study how do you retain the most what what are your weaknesses and learn like,
0: how you learn learn to how you, learn. Everyone you has to learn, how
1: to learn what yeah. works for me might not work for you so mm-hmm. go back to the basics keep your body your mind sound and healthy have that support support is so, so, so important. Every time, I mean, every time something bad happened to me, I might not have had my, you know, people in, in Chicago, but I gave a phone call to my mom, who makes me feel, you know, on top of the world every time, or to my best friend, who was going through the same thing, um, in San Francisco, she had just started her audiology program, so we were kind of, I find people who, who will relate to me, and I kept myself sound that way, so, um, yeah, it was it was a struggle, like trying to pass classes every mm-hmm. time. I wasn't a good, uh, the best student. I I always tell everybody like, school is very very hard for me. I had to learn how to be a student because I excel in other areas. I excel in you know, like networking and community and people. I'm very good with people, but then when it comes down to like proctored test taking, yeah, I start sweating. My heart that. Starts, starts palpitating. Uh, the first time I took my NCLEX, oh my gosh, I, like, I went to the bathroom like 10 times right before my test. I ended up taking all six hours. I think my test timed out on me. I blacked out during the test. Oh my gosh. Like I, I think there was like 30 minutes where I didn't answer what I was stuck on a question. Mm-hmm. Like It was just game over for me. And that happens sometimes when I public speak. Like I'm, I'm thinking too ahead of myself, and I black out.
0: <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh wait, hey y'all, so sorry. Give me a minute. Let me get me and myself are having a moment. Give me a second.
1: <laughs> Let me like take a deep breath and back really quick. Um, and the, I just have that self awareness where this is me. These are like. When you understand yourself, you Mm -hmm. better prepare for these kinds of disastrous scenarios, right?
0: You really can. You're like, (laughs) look, this is who I am. And that's and that was how I how I excelled. I think (laughs) kind of. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm still like, girl, shut up. But the (laughs) second time I got into nursing school, I think that's how I finally got through it I had to accept this is how I learn I I can't learn like I have to study three or four weeks in advance I have to have flashcards I have to do a game with it I have Mm -hmm. to have all the colors of the highlighters in the world I have to write a planner I have like that's just how my brain worked you know I have to touch it I have to see it I have to feel it you have I want to do it you know when I'm hands-on then I remember but it took that that second attempt for me to realize okay this is what works for me I'm not gonna be like Betty Joe there. I can read the night before the test and then get an A. <laughs> you know, I wanna slap her, but you know, look, not everyone is skilled <laughs> oh, yeah. like that. People you know what were, I mean?
1: Yeah, people were like, Georgia, you were in the the library for eight hours. You know, they're there for like two, three hours. I would spend eight, 12 hour shifts there. Like, if anything, I had endurance. I was like, I'm no, gonna sure. study all day. Don't talk to me. I will take my breaks. But yeah, so I mean, I I'm very transparent I did not pass my NCLEX the first time Me um too. I had a lot of stuff going mm. on at the time I wasn't yeah. mentally ready I had a lot of personal things going on mm-hmm. I had just just moved back home I thought I could you know take it as soon as I got back and I I wasn't ready to take it And so um I definitely I definitely talk about that a lot and then you know my first my first year in nursing it, it was really hard like I think I I'm trying to think what I wasn't most prepared for, because um, there's just like so many things that we go through in nursing. But I, I don't think I was prepared for the families with my patients mm. that with a lot of chemo on my unit. Yeah. And so no one like they they tell you touch and when you don't know what to say don't say anything. But when you have a family.
0: Which I find that to be a stupid advice because it's like, we're human. How do you expect me not to say something? Like, I'm just gonna sit there and stare at you. So sorry, I need to go and chart. I apologize. Like, what do you want me... Like, what the heck? You know what I I
1: mean? Yeah, I'll never forget. I was, it was a, I did a new grad program at my hospital and I think it was on my second shift with one of the nurses who's actually one of my really good friends on the unit now, but I was precepting her and um, there was there was a a husband and wife and the, the wife had had um, ovarian cancer and she was just not having it this day. She was, she was sweaty. She was tired. She was exhausted. She was not feeling good. And the husband was tired. He had been there every day and he went home to sleep for like two hours. And she told my nurse, you need to call my husband. I need him right now. And so she called the husband, the husband showed up. He, He hadn't even like got any sleep. And then the minute he gets there, the wife, um, starts telling him like, you don't support me or you just want me to die. And like, just all of these horrible Mm. things. And my nurse, you know, she, it was crazy how she like, she was a magician at the time, but she was really like a counselor to these two. Like she Girl, was doing yes. therapy. She goes, mm. okay, you, she was talking to the patient and she's like, your husband loves you. I, he's been here for you. He, he, he supports you. Like, let's, you know, keep, keep this healthy. And then she started talking to the husband, like your wife is just tired right now. She's going through a lot. And it was just so crazy. And I was just like, wow. At that point, I was like, we do so much. And, Girl.
0: and that's <laughs> why we say we're underpaid because truly <laughs> we are not just like physically there to support you. We are emotionally there. We are mentally there. I mean, I remember as a pediatric nurse, I had a, a patient that was from out this country, um, had this really, really big surgery, but their parents never spent the night there with him. And he was mm-hmm. like five. And I remember my nights when I had this beautiful little boy as my patient, my nights were spent in his bed, helping Mm -hmm. him go to sleep, reading a book to him. Like it was like that was just the norm, you know, like, okay, you got to do what you got to do for your patients, you know, so there will be moments where you will see a nurse right next to a patient in the bed, helping a child go to sleep. Or, you know, I've had moms that just had a baby, and they're going crazy, because they have not slept. (laughs) And dad is going crazy, the baby is screaming. So it's like, you got (laughs) to tuck the mom, tuck the daddy, take the baby out and just get everybody go to sleep. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's just the sacrifices we do as a nurse, but these are the stories that we don't hear and we don't really know that happens, you know, unless you're like all experience and stuff, you probably see a Johnson and Johnson commercial. Then you're like, oh, that's what nurses do. It's cute. But like when we're in nursing school, I had no idea that it's not just about the charting, given the meds. It really is that human factor. You're yeah. going to be in place in those situations.
1: I am. Um, I remember, oh, you made me remember. There was one day where I was super emotional and I got in my car, started crying and I and I recorded it. I did like a two minute video about this shift that I had and I got so many amazing messages about like, these are the things we don't talk about. I wish yes. we talked about these things more. Um, Like I had a similar situation and I was so emotional after the shift. It was just too relatable. This patient that I had, that was my age with her mom who was sick, who was dying. Mm. I just got in my car and I bawled. I called my mom right after I told her I loved her. It was like one of those situations, but this is what I love about nursing. And this is what I wish that we talked about more. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, it's, it's a really, really tough job. And nurses we go through a lot and we're here for each other. And that's why I get so upset when I hear about like bullying and, you know, just.
0: And the retention, I mean, the turnover rate, you know. Yeah, I, and I wish like, it wasn't wow. like
1: that. We, we work really hard to finish school, you know. And right? like, people end up finding out that they can work, you know, a less stressful job for maybe a little less and, and be happier. And uh, we just need to create a more healthy environment for our nurse fam.
0: We really do, and I think having conversations like this and sharing our experience is what's going to help promote that, you know. And I'm I'm so, I'm so fortunate and blessed and honored to meet so many amazing nurses that are feeling the same passion and drive that I have for our community, like you have for your community, and it inspires me. And I love having you guys on my platform, and I love people like, um, especially even new grads and not even new grads, high school students, people who don't know that nursing is even a career option for them or don't think they can get into it or haven't seen a reflection of their own um, their own in that field, you know, seeing and hearing from women like me and you and, and other nurses that are making an impact truly is going to change that culture. So what I want to do as we, you know, kind of wrap up our conversation, I want you to for a nurse out there who probably is like, yes, this is the conversation that I've always been wanting to hear. What kind of advice and steps would you give a nursing student or a nurse who actually wants to start an organization or start a diversity club? Um, what, what steps did you take that could benefit that nursing student or that nurse who wants to bring a diversity chapter or organization to their campus or to their hospital? What kind of steps and advice could you give them?
1: So find your key stakeholders, find people who believe in the same mission as you do. So just repeat and do everything I did, okay? So, um, you know, reach out to the nursing faculty and find the person that's gonna support you in this new endeavor. I found um, I found a nurse who I really looked up to. She was actually a public health professor A Black woman who mom, she was very, very active in the public health community. And she, she knew that I wanted to increase the retention and recruitment of more diverse faculty and staff. And she also, she's in public health. So that's what they do in public health. So I found my key stakeholder, I found a, I found a professor who believed in me. And so once I did that, then I started finding uh, the people who also who also had similar a similar, you know, vision, but also could contribute to it. And Mm -hmm. what made this organization so great is that there was so much diversity, there was so much input from different people. And um, so find find a good professor that believes in you if you're starting an organization from scratch. Um, Find people who are going to support you in this organization or who are going to be key leaders um, and take positions because, you know, you need like the president, vice president, the treasurer, the you need all of these positions to be filled, and then um, hold events that support that organization. So we had roundtables, we had article clubs, we had big events. I actually got sponsorships from uh, different faculty members. We had a huge mixer of over a hundred people, and they sponsored all the food and drink because they believed in our mission. Mm-hmm. And so once you find people who believe in your mission, I kid you not, people will start throwing money at you because these people want to support you but they don't want to do the work
0: okay <laughs> that's to, literally it
1: <laughs> you have to do the work and give them some recognition i will put your sponsorship on the you know on a shirt internet, on all a all bullet the shirt, board whatever mm-hmm. you want but this is something that i'm passionate about so i'm gonna go all in and this is something that i'm experiencing a little bit of right now um that i also want to let people know is don't spread yourself too thin when I was in nursing school it was nursing school for me and also Ru- and also Rudy but I was so invested in Rudy you, that might have contributed to that last class that I was a- unable to pass because mm. I was obsessed with my organization and I put more effort in that than my last class yeah. and I find that right now with my um, with me doing you know multiple things there's some times where I'm so focused on my apparel line or my finance job or you know, my nursing and doing my, you know, next chemo certification that, that I let the other things go. So if you are going to be that president or start that organization, make sure that you are going to give a hundred percent of your time into that, because people that are believing in you are going to want you to give a hundred percent. And this goes for people that are going to invest in you too. If you want to, you know, I, I have a plan down the road to get an investor for NG Apparel, but I know that they're going to want me to, um, you know, spend a hundred percent of my time on that because they want to see return in their investment. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are, those are my uh, recommendations. And um, it's so fun to start an organization on campus. I, it, it made me such a more well-rounded person and it just kind of opened my eyes to, to starting anything. Like once I got that done, I was like, Oh, I can do, I can do anything type thing. And I see that at my hospital. It's so funny because I'm at a community hospital, but I see things on my unit where I'm just like, oh, this needs to change, or I could change this, or mm-hmm. this needs to be done better, you know? And um, it just changes who you are. It's really funny. And then once you find out at a community hospital, you don't have resources or funding to do it, and it's a little harder to get funding at a community hospital. You get real
0: creative. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's... Um... And I wanted to piggyback off of what you were, um, what you were saying about, like, how... In college, it's really, I'm not going to lie, college is really easy to start an organization mm-hmm. as long as you go to those key people. Um, and I remember when I was, I really brought back P at our um, local university and I didn't just only reach out to my university. I reached out to the local organizations like Walmart awesome. and um, wow. Albertsons, all these other big, Coca-Cola, all these other big companies. When they know that you, this is what your organization is representing. This is what you're trying to do they got quotas that they got to meet every year on giving out to charities or to events and stuff like that. So they're looking forward to even sponsoring, whether it's drinks, food, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got so many sponsorships just from rebranding and bringing an organization back on campus. And I wouldn't even just stop there. Um, I know a lot of times just hearing me and you people are like, Oh yeah, that sounds fun, but it seems like a lot of work. I'm not gonna lie. It was a lot of work, but when you have a good team, Yes. When you have people who are just as inspired as you, just as in um, full of power and ready to go wherever you want to go, especially as a leader, you are going to have those people that will want to jump in and get their hands dirty too. So it's not all going to fall on your shoulders. You really yeah. need to make sure you have a really good team. And I do want to encourage new grads, like I kid y'all not, I want people to be more grass rooted in the, in the national organizations. Everybody wants to go all these big camp uh, conferences Mm -hmm. but you're not even a part of a local organization there's no local chapter you don't know what's going on in your backyard my first year I was the president of the the society of pediatric nurses in Dallas I didn't even know I could do that but I did (laughs) and it was amazing you know and I I used the same experience I learned in college to my community and I was rooting for nurses and trying to get us to do more networking events and you learn a lot more you realize that when nurses are off, they really don't want to go to a meeting. So you got to figure out, how can I bring the meeting to y'all? <laughs> how can I, you know, you start getting real creative because now it's like, wow, it's not like college where everybody shows up because it's going to be free food. You ain't got nothing going on at night anyway. Or, you know, your friends are going to be there. Now you're in the workforce environment and you got to be creative. You got to know your audience. You got to be more impactful in the community. Okay, let's not let's not just have a networking um, event. How about we know that this local children's school has a shortage on nurse and they're about to have an immunizations and they're going to be so swamped how about we do an event at that school helping that local nurse get all these immunizations done for kids that's Mm -hmm. an event right there you know so it's really knowing your environment and getting involved and really making that impact and that's the starting foundation of building your brand building who you are as a nurse what are you doing in your community you know what I mean
1: it's so important. Yeah, if you're Latino and you're listening, there's a National Association of Hispanic Nurses, and they have a national chapter, but they also have local chapters everywhere. Yes, that's, that's something that um is is great. I just went to one of their um events a couple months ago, and it was so awesome. Oh my gosh, they had cultural dancing there. They had uh, Latino, like so much Hispanic food, and there was people in the LA. It was the LA County chapter, and just listening to all the stories. Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm going to be the president of that one day. You know, it it was so so awesome. awesome. And they uh, send me emails of like uh, local events and Mm -hmm. and it's so important. So you're definitely right on that. Get involved. So you can, you can learn how an organization functions first because you really, the reason I was able to start an organization is because in college I was in an organization and helped run one. So it wasn't like, I was starting, you know, I didn't know where I was starting from. Same thing with my apparel business. Like my dad, I had experience with my dad running his own, you know, entrepreneurship and, and apparel line too. Um, so there, there, there was things there mm-hmm. where I had experience in them already.
0: Or even just joining commu- a committee at your hospital. That's an easy way to get your foot in the door, easy way to understand how things go. I remember you can create anything in the hospital, as long as they <laughs> ain't calling customers. You can create a celebration committee. We need more morale. Can we have a committee where we're celebrating people's achievements, birthdays, fun events? That alone will be like, okay, nurses will come around anywhere on the unit if you got food and you ready to network. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, even something so right. small like that, just a celebration committee, if you just want to do something once a month, Month with your staff with your with your, your co-workers that is a way a great way to start and it could be free potluck potluck's always free but um but georgie i really want you to like wrap up this conversation by telling and giving inspiration especially to nurses that have been in our shoes with failing with feeling burnt out, with not knowing what's going to be the next step for them, whether in nursing school or whether on the unit or whether they're just embarking on an entrepreneur journey. What kind of advice or encouragement can you give them to keep going and not give up?
1: Yeah, I just want to let all of you guys know that you are strong. You are brave. You are intelligent, beautiful, powerful. And don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise ask questions if you do not understand anything or you want to learn more always ask there's people out there that want to help you you'll never know or you'll never be able to get that mentorship if you never ask it never hurts to ask and also just be confident be confident in yourself and your skills and your ability um confidence is contagious energy is contagious positivity is contagious um one thing that people say that i do well is just ha- ha- my charisma <laughs> like i'm just genuinely excited about new opportunities and new life and meeting new people and I love my platform on social media because I get to meet people like you, Toby, and, and entrepreneurs and nurse entrepreneurs that have stories to share. And they want to. You're doing this because you you generally want to support and help nurses. And those are the people that I want to be around. Those are the things that I believe in. And and for all of you nurses out there, um, nursing is an amazing job. It's a very hard job but it's a very special job and I don't want to see you know nurse turnover anymore we need to fix that and um I want us to all do that together so you guys rock
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode there were so many gems dropped but let's be honest who got time to replay pause and write down all that information shared shoo I know I don't but don't worry I got you download Toby Talk's app on Google Play for nursing resources, definitions, and so much more that were mentioned on today's episode. Toby Talk app features show notes that timelines the conversation and lets you click directly to the resource or definition. And it even lets you bookmark the gym for later. Listen, we're too busy learning how to save lives or even saving lives as nurses to deal with a replay button. Toby Talk app is your one-stop shop for podcast episodes and show notes. For more on Toby Talks, like the blogs and videos, go to my website at www.tobytodge.com. And you know I love to hear from you guys, so feel free to slide into my DMs on IG or Facebook and hit me up through email. That's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Again, that's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Till next time, I'll be talking to you soon.